The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Entering the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anshu Khanna. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Anshu Khanna. Anshu, I, I, real quick, I would like to hear how you're doing, and then I've got a quick message for our listeners, something a little bit unique to the show here this week as we preview Week 7, but how are you, my friend? I am doing great. Coming off a huge win on the intramural hardwood with you, so doing really well. How about you? Uh I feel better now uh, thinking back on the amount of three-point shots that I missed and the fact that we got a win. But, hey, uh, we, that's why we play the game. You can't, you can't uh, play well every game, but as long as the team gets a win, I'm all for that. That's right. That's absolutely right. You played well, buddy. Don't, don't <laughs> hang your head. No worries. Uh, but we did want to take this moment to, to thank you guys all for listening to the show. Anshu and I obviously appreciate that uh, very, very much. And, and with that, we'd like to ask just a small uh, but very important favor of you. It's only going to take you a few minutes, and if you're one of the first people to do it, Podcast One is going to make it worth your time. I literally mean that. We need you to complete a short survey because the information you give us is going to help us make things better for you with our show and for you, the listener. Uh, so if you just go to podcastone.com, that's podcastone.com slash survey, and everything will be right there for you to fill out. That's podcastone.com slash survey. The first 250 people who complete the survey are going to get a $10 gift card to amazon.com, and then there's going to be two grand prize winners who are going to be selected at random to get a $100 Amazon gift card. How about that? Free money. Wow. It's a win-win for you guys. It helps us. It supports our shows uh, and, and helps with our advertising as well. Uh, so if you fill this out, it's really going to help us cater to the needs of you guys, our listeners. So once again, please go to podcastone.com slash survey. Answer a few questions and potentially make a decent amount of money along the way. Uh, but most of all, thank you guys again for being dedicated listeners to our show. Anshu and I would not keep doing this if you guys weren't listening. So we truly appreciate it. And I know Anshu will echo those same sentiments. Absolutely. Really appreciate you guys. If you can get on there, fill out the survey, click our podcast name on there, the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour, obviously, and um, you know any of the other shows on our network that you like, feel free to check those as well. And yeah, it really, really helps us. So we would be eternally indebted to you. Absolutely. I know I will be filling mine out uh, because I'm a big listener of Anshu's other show, uh, the Underdog podcast right that's yes that's right i wanted to make it a long title like the, the title it of this show but it right. just isn't it's not the mouthful this one is but uh we like to give them a mouthful here <laughs> don't we oh wow all right so um we are gonna get to the week seven preview we had an action-packed week six the Bengals are still 
defeated on the year, worst record in the NFL. Uh, so we'll get to that. But I did want to also mention that we're going to be looking, uh, as always, at the lines on Bovada, sportsbook.com here on this show. And we've got some good ones to look forward to this week. So, Anshu, without further ado, why don't we get to Thursday night football? Chiefs are going on the road to take on the Broncos. Denver's won two straight, Anshu, but they still are going to be home dogs. Uh, they're coming in here as, as three-point underdogs at home against the Chiefs. Yeah, and hey, I'm very interested to see this game because I I saw the Denver Broncos possibly turning this around maybe a week or two earlier than they ended up doing it. But slowly but surely, this Vic Fangio defense is coming along surprisingly after Bradley Chubb has gotten hurt and after they've had some other injuries. But, um, you know, they're, they're filling themselves out, especially on defense. And, you know, it's not surprising to me that this has sort of come in concert with Philip Lindsay getting a ton of touches for them. So uh, really actually kind of like the, the Broncos as home dogs, especially if you can get them at three and a half. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I just be... saw that move when I refreshed the page here on Bovada. So, yeah. Yeah, three and a half. That that feels strong. I mean, I look, I don't think Kansas City is quite the team right now that they ultimately will be. Obviously, Tyree Kill is back, and that helps. But their defense has been hemorrhaging yards in every single way. And, um, you know, I just I feel like the Broncos can hang in this game with their defense, with their crowd, um, and with the fact that, you know, they're on a little bit of a run here after having beaten the Chargers. So I, I kind of like the Broncos to cover. Yeah, and the Chargers, uh, yikes, we'll, we'll get to them, but they are coming off of a very embarrassing loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, which, like I said, we'll get to it, and obviously they're going up against Devlin Hodges, um, the, the third-string quarterback there for Pittsburgh, who's playing in his first game, and they still go down. But Denver, to your point, they, I mean, they've, they've definitely looked better, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Kansas City, you know, you're starting to see maybe a little bit of the framework for how to beat Patrick Mahomes, but... Uh, I just, he's banged up. Too. He is a little banged yep. up. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. They did get Tyreek Hill back, uh, but I think he's going to have his hands full with that secondary uh, of Denver, who's looked really good. They shut down Keenan Allen, and they've really been good the last few weeks, like you mentioned, aren't you? So I, I don't know if I'm if I'm as as confident that Denver covers. Uh, I do like it three and a half way more than I, at three, obviously, but I still think Kansas City needs to kind of bounce back after they've. Uh, had their backs up against the wall more so in the last couple of weeks than they have at any other point this season. So I think they get a, they have a get-right game here. Uh, we still have a high point, point total here at 48.5, but not as high as some of the ones we've seen in recent weeks for Kansas City. So I still expect uh, Kansas City to put up points. I, I, I think that you know if there's a week where maybe you're not going to get as much production out of that Kansas City offense, this might be it, but you're still going to get enough to make it, to make it worth your while to start them. Uh, but maybe you could find better value elsewhere in DFS. Yeah, I mean, Denver so far this season, they're number three against quarterbacks, number one against fantasy receivers on the season of any team. And I know that that's partially because of the schedule that they've played. Um, sorry, they, they beat the Chargers two weeks ago, shut out the Titans last week and, you know, the Mariota Tannehill combination. But, you know, it's I, I just I think that they're a little bit better than we think. And especially at home, it's not an easy place to play. Yes, it is Patrick Mahomes. But, um, you know, you have to temper expectations at least a little bit here, I think, for that offense. Yeah, Tannehill and Mariota both having a passer rating under 10 in that game. Oh, uh, Tannehill God. gets the nod this week. We'll get to that. But before we to that, Anshu, we've got the 12 o'clock games to start here on the slate, and I want to start with your Green Bay Packers, who will host the Oakland Raiders coming off of a bye. Uh, on Bovada, they've got it at six points. I just, I, I'd like to address the elephant in the room so we don't belabor the point. Anshu, the referees gifted Green Bay that game on Monday night. 
<laughs> they did. I'm uh, happy for you. Know, you. I, I don't I hate it because I don't hate the Packers. But if I I'm was a Lions fan and I have friends that are, I would be so pissed off about the way that that ended and, and kind of just the way that that game transpired altogether. Yeah, I mean, look, I the Packers have been on the wrong end of refereeing a lot, I, but this was this was not one of those occasions. No question between the two hands to the face penalties on those last few drives in huge huge spots and obviously the pass interference that wasn't called. I mean, that was that was a little bit more dubious, but still, you know, you you expect that to be called. Um, you know, the Lions just got screwed flat out. I, I mean, they went on the road. They should have won. They didn't. Um, I think the takeaway from that is just that Detroit is pretty damn good right now. And uh, I, I would be we'll, we'll get to them. But I think that that team is good. What the Packers are doing right now without Devonte Adams is just stringing it together on a hope and a prayer. And, and I mean, it's it's working because their defense is better. But man, I, I mean, it's tough to feel really great about any fantasy contributors on that offense right now. You mean the Packers? Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I know your boy Lazard kind of came up big in this one. He has the big catch, uh, Alan Lazard, and I, I don't think anybody saw that coming. But when you have MVS who gets banged up in this game, obviously dealing with injury, he's questionable to go this week. You have Devontae Adams who still dealing with the turf toe injury like you mentioned, and then Geronimo Allison's also been banged mm-hmm. up. So what do they do here? I, I mean, they all, And also the other, the other takeaway that I had from this game was you get Jamal Williams back from injury, and obviously Aaron Jones had a couple mishaps. He really kind of takes a back seat to Jamal Williams, who steps up in a big way. So it, it kind of reopens after after Aaron Jones has the four touchdown game. Fantasy owners are thinking, all right, Aaron Jones is now going to take hold of this backfield. He he drops a touchdown catch. Uh, what what is going on? Yeah, had a fumble as well. Uh, what is going on in this backfield? Do you think there's a chance that that Jamal Williams can somewhat take the reins, or do you think that this is just a hot hand situation? I think it was a cold hand situation. I think it was entirely because of those two mishaps by Aaron Jones. And actually one other piece of that was Aaron Jones got nailed in the head right before that fumble. And, uh, I really think that that impacted some of how he played in that game. And, and I, you know, we hope that they're going through the concussion protocol and all that, but I really felt like he took a shot and he was a little bit rattled the rest of the game. So I fully expect him to take back over the reins and he's look right now with with the injuries that you talked about, Aaron Jones is by far, and it is not close. Their most explosive player on offense, whether it's catching the ball or running the ball. And I expect Matt LaFleur to be smart enough to get the ball in his hands in space as he did against the Cowboys, as he's done on occasion. And as he did when Aaron Jones is running free to the end zone and drops that ball that you alluded to. So I, I would not hesitate to start Aaron Jones. And I think this week against an Oakland defense, um, you know, that has been okay against running backs, but really bad outside of, you know, the run game. I still think that Aaron Jones is going to get his touches, whether it's catching or running. And I, I would have no hesitation firing him up. Yeah, I kind of like the over here, too. That 47 is a little bit attractive to me. Oakland's been able to put up points even against the Bears when you think back to the win they had in London. Yeah. Um, Last time we saw him. Yeah, and in Derek Carr, you know, we've talked about his inconsistencies at times, but he's been pretty decent this year when you look at his numbers and again against some pretty difficult opponents. Obviously, we talked about the Bears. There were some other games this year where he looked pretty decent, and he's doing it with a very underwhelming supporting cast. I mean, they lose Antonio Brown. They've had injuries. Tyrell Williams still questionable to go this week. Josh Jacobs has looked good, but uh, you know, this, this is a week that I think uh, you're going to need somebody to step up there, but I think they're going to score some points against uh, Green Bay, who is, is after the, the great start to the season defensively, they've kind of shown some, some chinks in the armor, I guess. Uh, and I wouldn't expect uh, 
them to necessarily lose this game, but I think that Oakland will at least keep it relatively close. I yeah, I mean, I could see it. I, I think that Tyrell Williams not playing is going to be a major problem for them. Although some, I just how did they beat the Bears on a neutral site without him? I'm I'm stunned. I mean, credit where due to you know Darren Waller and to this team to go to London and pull that off, but. I think the guy to watch here for Oakland for sure is Josh da- Jacobs. The Packers have had major issues against running backs all season. Um, and, uh, you know, not as much to carry on Johnson last week, but I think that Josh Jacobs is much more of a dual threat and they love feeding him, especially off the bye. You can expect some unscouted looks, some, th- some throws to him, I think. And uh, I fully expect Josh Jacobs to absolutely go off this week. I like it. Not quite your your shoe sleeper this week because I, I guess it's worth noting. I mean, you called it once again. Robbie Anderson had a 92-yard <laughs> touchdown. That's two weeks in a row. You called Will Fuller. You called Robbie Anderson. Not having as much success with uh, your locks of the, the week, which we'll get to. Good. But but yeah. I think you're I think you're still three and four uh, on the year. So not bad. You have a chance well, to get back to 500 this week. Yeah. Hey, I'll I'll take it. Wait, it's been there's been six weeks, right? Six, Seven. Oh, yeah. Well. No. Yeah, three and three. Yeah, you're three and three. That's right. My bad. No, that, I, I tried to take one away from you. Uh, no, I could not have been more confident and been more embarrassed about last week. So it's just... hey, I was right there with you. I I, I loved the pick, but uh, yeah, we'll and get that, to that. That's a perfect we'll segue into the San Francisco 49ers going into our nation's capital as ten point favorites. When we look at Bovada, are uh, very low over under, and that's probably due largely in part to that San Francisco defense, which has uh, made me a believer at this point. I promised you last week on you that if they can get right with the Rams and win that game, that I would I would soon be a believer. I'm not still not a believer in. Garoppolo, but I'm a believer in this team. They're, they have the best backfield when you look at the three-headed monster, probably in the league, uh, at least as far as uh, you know, a one-two-three punch. Um, and mm-hmm. they just continue to win ball games, and they're doing it against formidable opponents. So I'm a believer. Washington's not a true real opponent. Case Keenum probably going to get his last start uh, this season, I'm guessing. It sounds like Dwayne Haskins is finally getting some looks in practice this week. Um, I, I just I don't see it. Washington has a very inept offense, and even though Terry McLaurin has somewhat of a connection with Case, I don't I don't see it going forward. I think the Niners win this one big. I, I'm actually not shying away from that 10 points either. Yeah, I mean, that kudos to Washington for coming off the mat and absolutely dominating the the Miami Dolphins but you know it's the Miami Dolphins this is a very different story with San Francisco who I agree with you totally made me a believer especially that defense I mean Robert Sala's defense is something to behold right now all those top 10 picks are all coming together top five picks really are all coming together and gelling at the exact same time and it is something led by Nick Bosa so uh that defense is is really something but I'm I'm with you too I I just Look, if, if Garoppolo doesn't get it done against this woeful Washington secondary, I'm not sure that we're going to see a whole lot of it this year. It kind of reminds me of those old Alex Smith Niners teams. Yes, and, and, that's a good You know call. what I mean? Where he's like, that defense is so good, and, and you know we didn't know them right away, but they, they really evolved over the course of those couple seasons under Jim Harbaugh and Vic Fangio, and I think that we're seeing a similar situation here with Kyle Shanahan with that run game, with that defense, with uh, – you know, Brita and uh, and Tevin sort of serving the role of Frank Gore. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I would not bet this game in either direction, but I would definitely assume that San Francisco is going to win this one on the road. Yeah, even the over-under at 41.5, like, what do you do oh, with that? Because yeah. San Francisco could easily win this game, like, 31 to, to 10, and, and 10 it doesn't 13. cover. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm shying away from it. Um, Unfortunately, in our two QB league, I have to start Keenum. I I would not if I wasn't in a tight spot. I promise you that. At least they're at home. 
They're at home. <laughs> yeah. It's not good. I would not. If, what's the this could, be a, this could be a negative 10 type of game. <laughs> In uh, that league for sure. Uh, very, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Very weird scoring, if, but. If, yeah, yeah. And if you've got McLaurin, you're probably starting him. But, man, this is not one where I'd want to be playing him because the way they've shut down receivers this year, um, it's just been it's just something we just totally didn't expect. So kudos to that team. Agreed. All right, let's move on. Arizona on the road taking on the Giants. Saquon Barkley finally back, and I know fantasy owners will be very happy to hear that. I'm one of them. I've got him in two leagues, and it's been brutal without him uh, as he was the first pick in both of those leagues for me. Uh, but they're, the Giants are favored against the Cardinals. The Cardinals coming off of that win uh, against Atlanta where Atlanta comes down the field, scores, and then Matt Bryant misses the extra point. Uh, for for the Falcons to lose it uh-huh. in the most Falcons way ever, um, but Arizona, I mean, you've, you've, even though it's a Falcons defense, it's, which is terrible, Kyler Murray that he's put put together a few good weeks, and the supporting cast around him, David Johnson was healthy after being questionable the whole week. Edmonds puts another touchdown on the board. I mean, this Arizona Cardinals offense is clicking, and Daniel Jones, you know, came out. Everybody was all excited. Everybody was like renouncing their disappointment from them drafting him so high. And he's kind of started to look like what I think Giants fans fans were afraid of. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I thought that he showed some some guts against the the Patriots on Monday night, and or I'm sorry, Thursday night in New England. Picks, with like nobody, who is he throwing to? I mean, it was Golden Tate and the Sisters of the Poor or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, no, a nice nice grab. But I, I mean, some of those yeah. passes were ill advised. It wasn't. It wasn't good. No, I agree. But I, I mean, I'm interested to see how he looks with, you know, Sterling Shepard whenever he comes back. But, you know, the excuses are going to be limited now with Saquon there. So um, should open it up. I mean, these are two bottom five pass offenses when it comes to allowing quarterback points. So I am all aboard, you know, both these teams. And I don't know if this qualifies for a shoot. I'm going to defer to you on if this counts. But Larry Fitzgerald, is that not deep enough? Or are we good with Larry Fitzgerald? You mean as a sleeper? Yeah. Shoe sleeper. Do we have to go deeper? Shoe sleeper. Shoe no, it. The shoe that, in the... I think that uh, – I think that It's would on be... the fringe? Yeah. No, I think – I mean, I think that would be a sleeper. I, I would love it if it's true. That's for damn sure. I mean, you've been on such a roll. If, if you're calling that, I could use him in my flex to have a great week. I'm buying Larry Fitzgerald. This New York, York Giants defense is just horrible against receivers. I expect this to be a close game. We saw Kyler Murray start to throw a lot more. Christian Kirk, questionable this week. We'll see if he makes it. But if not, and it doesn't really matter, I fully expect Larry Fitzgerald to get on the board this week. And if not, a touchdown over 100 yards. So fire up Larry Fitz. I know that he hasn't been super great this season, but he's Kyler's favorite target. And I am on board Larry Fitz this week. I like it. Uh, who are you taking in that? Do you like the Do you like the Cardinals to cover the three? I, uh, yeah, I, I I think so, but it's really close. I the reason why I would fear it is because of Saquon Barkley and the ability to maybe control the clock. But I, I lean towards the Cardinals. How about you? Yeah, that's a tough. It's a tough call. I, I think. I mean, I think these teams are about evenly matched, and the line is is pretty close to to suggesting that. Um, I don't know. I don't have a feel on this game. I would stay away probably, but I do kind of like that over at 50 and a half, uh, looking at Pavada on yeah. that. I mean, I think these two teams are going to score, both of them probably two of the worst secondaries in the league. Uh, so that's that's something Patrick I'm probably Peterson, looking at there. 
Patrick yeah. Peterson will be back for Arizona, so he should be locking up. Probably not going to follow uh, Golden Tate into the slot, but he will be on Darius Slayton outside. Um, so that really hampers, you know, Daniel Jones' options uh, on the perimeter at least. Saquon's going to get thirty touches if he's if he's fully healthy. He's getting oh, yeah. he's getting the rock every play. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, speaking of guys getting the rock every play, we've got Dalvin Cook going on the road to take on the Detroit Lions, who are coming off of the disappointment that we alluded to uh, in Green Bay. But uh, the Lions at home, underdogs against the Vikings. This game, to me, is a pick uh, The Vikings are favored, and I, I don't know. The, the, it depends on how the Lions can bounce back. You, you, you never know how a team's going to bounce back from something so demoralizing like that. True. They could they could bounce back and use it as motivation, or it could really derail their season. And I think this Lions team could go either way. They're so erratic. I don't know what to expect out of them. They come out hot. They've had a great year so far, uh, but I just I don't know how they react to that. So it's really difficult for me to pick this one. How do you feel it? Yeah, I, I eerily similar teams with multiple good receivers, a quarterback. I actually think Stafford's clearly better than Cousins right now. Um, I. I am all on board this Detroit team. I was so impressed with the way the toughness they've played with in the last two games they've had with the buy-in between Kansas City and Green Bay. I just think at home, they're going to get the job done against the Minnesota team that, you know, yes, they've kind of bandaged together whatever issues they had two weeks ago with Stephon Diggs, but I just, I'm not buying them, man. I, I just, I think that they're going to go into Detroit and, you know, they've they've beaten up on a couple bums, and I, I just think they're going to go in there. And I, I expect Detroit. I think Detroit's a good team. I expect them to win at home this week. Yeah, Stephon Diggs was really a thorn in my side. I In our main league that we talk <laughs> a lot about, I, I've I've been the highest points again against every single week, it seems like. I know you had guys go off. Well, yeah, it's just it's been brutal, but th- th- that Stephon Diggs game, I mean, that's that's huge for Minnesota. Not just Stephon Diggs, but also Kirk Cousins. They needed a game like that from the they passing did. game. Dalvin Cook's been great this year, but they really needed a game like that from the passing game. And really, Thielen was the only guy showing. Obviously, there was a di- the disappointment with Diggs, but when you're a wide receiver that's disappointed, all it takes to get you happy again is a game like he had with the three touchdowns. So True. I think Minnesota's starting to click. Uh, Detroit, if they if they fall into that trap where they allow that to kind of demoralize them and they don't rally around that loss, this could be the game where you start to see Detroit become kind of what mo- most people expected out of them. One of the one of the worst teams in this division, but uh, they've they've oh. proven otherwise this year. So I, I like your point and I, I kind of agree with your sentiment. I just I could see it going either way for them. I, I know that's I a cop too. out, but. No, I, I think you're right. This is a this is a season hinger for them, right? Like they can either veer one way or the other. I just think that they're a mentally they they seem tough, tougher than I expected with Matt Patricia coming into this year. Um, and I yeah, I, I mean I think this is going to be a really interesting game. I think it's going to be a total grinder. By the way, like it's it. I think the total is what forty five on Bovada. Forty five and a half. I, yep. Yeah, I, I love the under here. The Detroit Lions are surprisingly 30th in the league for f- points against for running backs, which I would not have expected. So, um, you know, and maybe they're funneling kind of towards the running backs, towards rushing because of their really great corners. Darius Slay and Justin Coleman have been absolutely awesome. Um, but I expect Dalvin Cook to get a lot. And, and you know, that plays into what Minnesota wants to do, but maybe not what's necessarily best for Minnesota. Because you saw them the last two weeks and they, they kind of aired it out and it was much better for them. I just don't know that that's going to be able to work in Detroit this week against those two corners. So, again, I, I just I like the matchup for Detroit, at least defensively. And I think that the under is a really good pick here. I like it. All right. What about Houston at Indy? Uh, the Texans are one point underdogs on the road here looking at Bovada. I, I kind of like Houston here as the road dog. I know it's. 
I know it's Indianapolis who beat the the Chiefs before the bye, but uh, this Indianapolis team, I just I'm not quite a believer in. I I, th- I think the Texans showed something with their win over the Chiefs recently, uh, and I think that the Texans uh, are starting to find themselves. Obviously, the offensive line is still a huge question, but Deshaun Watson really getting uh, kind of hitting his stride here uh, close to midway through the season. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I, I think that Houston, you know, both these teams are last time we've seen them. They were beating Kansas City, which is a rarity for anyone, let alone two AFC South teams. But I, I'm with you. I just think that Houston's really getting it going. And, you know, had it not been for three dropped Will Fuller touchdowns, that game could have been an absolute blowout at Arrowhead, which is crazy to think. So um, I'm with you. I just think Houston's pass game is going to be really good here. I think that Indianapolis is going to be too. And um, off the bye, you do expect Frank Reich to have some stuff going. You expect them to get healthier with T.Y. Hilton um, and Marlon Mack. But, you know, at the end of the day, I do like Houston to go on the road and win. What's up with DeAndre Hopkins? Obviously, he, didn't, he hasn't had a bad couple last couple weeks, but he really just can't get it going. I mean, we expected him to be a top two or three receiver in fantasy. Just can't seem to get it going. Is this a week where you think he does? I know you, you talked a little bit about Indianapolis's defense being better, but uh, is this a week you could see Hopkins? I know you thought maybe last week was the week, and I think I did mm-hmm. as well, obviously, against Kansas City. Uh, he had opportunities, but just never really broke away. He's just so due. Like, I mean, the difference is that last year he, I think he led the league in red zone or end zone targets. And this year he's far, far from that. Like he's not getting any end zone targets really. They're all going to Fuller and to those tight ends with Aikens and Fells and, um, you know, it seems like the Texans have not been able to feed Hopkins inside the end zone because they're drawing coverage towards him. But I expect him to get off the schneid very soon. If it's not this week, it's coming. Um, and, you know, if you're in DFS I, and you're like me, I've been starting him every single week. Last week was fine because he still got a bunch of catches and yards. But, you know, you got to get those touchdowns. And eventually to, Deshaun Watson is just going to stop throwing the ball to Will Fuller if he doesn't catch it. And, you know, those targets are going to go to Hopkins. But right now, those two guys are basically even, which is just crazy to me because Hopkins is just so, so great and, and maybe the best receiver in the league. Yeah, I, I, he is due. Him and Keenan Allen both, uh, which we'll, we'll oh get my to God. that. But, uh, but yeah. we'll, let's, go, let's go to the Rams. We, I know this was your lock of the week, and I know we both agreed heavily on it, and they're going to get a chance Ugh. to get right on the road against the Falcons, and they really need to. I mean, this Rams team is reeling. Uh, I don't know what to make of them right now. This this game has a huge over-under. The Rams obviously in the news this week with the big trade for Jalen Ramsey. They give away two first-round picks. They basically don't have a first-round pick for like the next decade. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, a huge trade for this defense. They get rid of Marcus Peters, trade him to Baltimore. Uh, he had been horrible. He had just been getting beat up and down the field every every which way. Uh, and, and Peter's just not the corner he once was. But Jalen Ramsey is, and he's obviously been avoiding playing, pretending to be injured. Um, but he now joins this Rams team that, uh, you know, this could be the difference maker for them going forward. And I, I think that that's kind of the spark that they need. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of it. The Falcons have obviously been horrible this year as well. We talked about the blunder last week against Arizona. I don't know how I see this on you, so I'm kind of relying on you to, to bring me back home with this one. If they hadn't just totally screwed me, I would make this the lock of the week again with the Rams. I just I can't believe <laughs> that they're doing this, but I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it again. I just this this Falcons team is done. I mean, they are so dead in the water. Like you said, they're they're finding new and improved ways to lose every week. And um, I, I mean, like you said, the total is going to be high. Matt Ryan has quietly put together an absolutely enormous he's season. He's on. He's one of the top quarterbacks in fantasy, isn't he? Yeah, he's on pace to 
He's on pace to set the all-time yardage mark. He's already got 2,000 yards uh, through six games, which is wild. I mean, this dude has just been nails, and and it's really not even necessarily been all to Julio Jones. But, um, you know, if Jalen Ramsey plays, this to me is the lock. Like, I, I really think that the Rams are going to lo- are locking it down. Um, but, you know, it's, it's uh, defensively at least. If they can erase Julio Jones, that's such a big factor. Um, but, you know, it is at home, and I just how, – you, how can you trust the Rams after Jared Goff throws for under 100 yards last week? I can't it's trust just, either of these two teams, really. I mean, Atlanta finds ways to lose when they're playing great, and it, obviously their uh, defense is horrible. And the Rams, they – I just don't – I don't know. I don't know what to make of this game. These are probably the most – the two most frustrating teams when you think about betting of, of any teams in the NFL. <laughs> Because I, I, you just don't know so, what you're going to get week in and week out. The Chargers, out. Chargers have to be up <laughs> yeah. there too. Yeah, but yeah, they're a the, huge disappointment. They're really up there. I mean, the Rams are three and three. They're two and one away from from LA, and so I, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to pick against them. So I will go with them. I feel very strongly they're going to win. But again, I can't. I just can't lock them down for the reasons that you said. You you can't lock either of them down because either team is liable to either blow the other one up or or blow the other one out or, or to lose the game altogether. So it's just I, who knows. All right, we'll save your lock of the week then, and uh, don't use it here. For don't don't patronize me. <laughs> uh, Jacksonville on the road <laughs> to take on Cincinnati. The Bengals three and a half point home dogs. The lines just keep getting worse each week here on Bovada for my Cincinnati Bengals and a pathetic 43 and a half over under. They may get AJ Green back. Everybody wanted to see AJ versus Jalen Ramsey. Obviously they get in the fight the last time those two went at it, but uh, that that won't happen now with the trade we just alluded to. Uh, I kind of like Jacksonville as three and a half point favorites on the road here. Oh man, I, I do not, but I will not patronize you too much. I'm not going to lock them in, but again, like, is Cordy Glenn, you know, he's, he's practicing for the first time in forever. Um, you know, I fully expect Leonard Fournette to have an absolutely monster game against Cincinnati. They've been the worst team in football against running backs this season for fantasy. Um, so that's, that's tough, but you know, that being said, it's on the road. You just don't know. And I, I just, I, you're implying that Jacksonville would be favored by 10 points in Jacksonville if this game were there, which is insane. They're, they should not be. They're not that much better than Cincinnati. I know that the record says otherwise, but I my eyes tell me the opposite. So I will just stay away from this and not patronize you any further. I mean, Minshew did have the game we were waiting for. We kind of called that last week, yeah, um, you know, but I've been calling that every week and it just finally was right. Um, <laughs> so that's one of those things. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll eventually be right on this and you knew it, but you didn't know it was going to happen you knew that was coming but my fear with that is the Bengals they Minshew's not a super mobile quarterback but he's more mobile than a lot of quarterbacks and anybody who's remotely mobile against this Bengals defense has had success they're coming off of obviously the huge game by Lamar Jackson who broke a record I I, whatever it was 200 yards rushing or whatever he ended up having it was (laughs) pathetic and then the week before that Kyler Murray so Minshew's not that kind of a quarterback, but he does have some mobility. He's able to get outside of the pocket when it collapses. Uh, so I, I, I kind of think that, uh, that he'll have success in this game, even though I, don't, I think he shouldn't. And the Bengals, one of their worst statistical categories defensively has been sacks. They just don't have sacks this year. They have like it's, – it's a very low number. I don't know the exact number, but I, I think it's like around five or something. So that's, that's something that if they're going to win this game, they need to put pressure on the quarterback and they need to wrap the quarterback up. I feel like they're in the backfield a lot. They just can't finish. Uh, so that's something that I, I think they're, they're very gonna, close. Yeah, if they're going to get that first win, they're going to need that. And if they have AJ Green, 
Obviously, that helps. Zach Taylor said time and time again he's going to wait until AJ's at 100%. Uh, so if he plays in this game, that sh- certainly does change things, even with Alden Tate obviously looking uh, great last week uh, with those five highlight reel-type catches. He's been awesome. And he, I mean, we've both liked him. You obviously have, have liked him from a Florida State perspective for a little longer than me, for sure. But he's he definitely has AJ vibes. I mean, he just looks like him, like his body type, the, the he's, he's definitely slower, but the body type and the number and everything, he just looks like him. He moves like him sometimes. Um, just, yeah, not as rapidly down the field, but, um, I think they found something there for sure. And sometimes injuries are a good thing in that way. And that like, you know, if John Ross is healthy, maybe you don't get to see, and if Ross and Green are healthy, then you don't get to see what you have in Alden Tate, and and he seems to be something very uh, unique that they can lock in lock onto for the next few years. Yeah, I'm just glad he's finally getting a shot because I've been calling for it since they drafted yes. him in the seventh round, and he he did these things in training camp, and for whatever reason, Marvin Lewis, you know that old school. If we drafted him in the seventh round, he's probably not going to make the team, and that's just <laughs> luckily that's the one thing about Zach Taylor that's gone right this year is he's 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 been able to make some changes based on. On, you know who the best player is and uh, hopefully hopefully we get some of these offensive linemen back they have added a couple people um but i it's it's been so bad it's 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 been hard to watch um but but, yep, but uh, not the hardest thing to watch in the in the league at least the Bengals have been competitive this next team the miami dolphins have not this is my pick and survivor this week the buffalo bills they're 17 point favorites on bovada at home versus the lowly dolphins who are going back to ryan fitzpatrick after saying they weren't going to the previous week, which is just hilarious. Yeah, Brian Flores the week before says that Josh Rosen's our quarterback the rest of the year, and literally like three days later they go to Fitzpatrick. Which I, why I, I just don't get it. Yeah, but, especially if you're tanking, like what's the point? Like uh, maybe no, Fitzpatrick I, plays slightly better, but it, what are you doing? What is this team yeah. doing? They're so bad. I have, they're so bad. I mean, my the only way that you could devil's advocate this way into being maybe understandable is you know if you put Fitzpatrick out there there's a better chance of showing the receivers out there to for trade and getting more but I mean that's a huge reach and I'm not buying it so um I mean Miami's terrible their Buffalo's coming off the bye they you know they've got Josh Allen back they absolutely should win this game I don't know how you can in good conscience ever pick Miami with any spread because like there's just no good reason to do it like they've just been so bad and there's an there's no way that you can logically justify picking that. I mean, it's especially against a team as good as Buffalo coming off the bye. Yeah, I that Buffalo defense should give whoever is under center, whether it, I mean, obviously it's going to be Fitzpatrick to start, but I wouldn't be surprised if they make a change to Rosen at some point during the game. But this mm-hmm. is a game I probably won't spend much time in front of my TV watching, but it is a game that, again, I, I'm trying to stay alive in this damn survivor pool, and I think the Bills should easily win this thing. Uh, I just yes. Miami is it's just a dumpster fire going on right now. So they can they'll be my my uh, proverbial dumpster fire of the week going forward until they play otherwise. <laughs> yeah, it's nice when you've got like a team just locked into that, which they yeah. clearly well, are. They, they could share it with the Bengals. How about that? <laughs> no, they cannot. They definitely can. <laughs> uh, we we talked a little bit about our, our uh, the the Los Angeles Chargers, and it, it's gotten bad these last couple weeks, but it hasn't been much better for the Titans, and they're going to play each other here in the first. Three o'clock games. One's at three o five Central, so four o five Eastern. Obviously, uh, Chargers haven't looked good. They, they 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 tried to kind of 
crawl their way back in. The one bright spot for them last week was Hunter Henry getting back on the field ahead of schedule. He ends up with over 100 yards and two touchdowns, which is a good sign, but they need others to get healthy. They need to get Melvin Gordon more involved, and they need to get Keenan Allen the damn ball, but they come in as two-point underdogs on Bovada, and this game with a 40 over under, Tennessee coming off a horrible game as well. Uh, I I don't know what to make of this one either. This is a tough one to call, especially with Tannehill uh, at the helm for, for the Titans. Yeah, I have no feel for this at all. Tennessee, a pretty damn good defense. Top 10 against fantasy passing games, uh, both quarterbacks and receivers. Top 10 in running backs against, uh, points against uh, for fantasy. And so, you know, I mean, it's it's just hard to really feel confident about anyone on the Chargers, especially because, and the line, because the Chargers are just massive choke artists and so are the the Titans. So um, I just don't know how you can possibly confidently pick this game. If you're using it in like a super contest or something, good luck to you. Uh, I just, I have no feel at all. I guess if I had to pick one, I'd pick the Titans at home because their defense plays a little bit better, but you know, the Chargers have been pretty good uh, against quarterbacks and receivers as well. And so like I, I, I mean, I expect the under to come in here, and I have I want to pick the Chargers because we thought all all off season I think that you know they were going to be a playoff team and potentially a contender. They are they look the furthest thing from that right now, given their relatively decent health. Yeah, and they had a couple costly turnovers early against Pittsburgh to kind of change the the flow of the game, which mm-hmm. I think that's what they need to get back to. And it's going to be difficult to do against the Titans because you mentioned it; they have a good defense. But I think they need to get Melvin Gordon going early. And you know, he came out with frustration, you know, that he only had eight carries uh, a week ago, and you know, he wants the ball, and he's back now. He's he's on the field. He's playing. He wants the ball more than eight times a game. He does I think not that, look that good, by the way. He doesn't, and, and I, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of rust for, for a few weeks, but yep. eventually he's going to get that back. I mean, we've seen that with, with Zeke even. Uh, you know, week one had some rust, and we've seen it with you know, Le'Veon Bell trying to work his way back. So there's there's definitely – that's part of it, but you good still point. need to get him the ball, and you need to get him back in the flow of the game. Otherwise, what are you doing? I mean, he's still, he's still one of your best players on your team. Uh, and I For think sure. the game flow is going to be what they need to get going early, but that's been difficult. I mean, I, I'm looking at my team with Joe Mixon; they just can't get him going. Their 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 run offense yeah. is just bad. I don't know if the Chargers are that bad, but they're they're definitely having some issues of their own. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I just like when you have a bad game script, how can you ask for more than eight carries? And especially with how good Austin Eckler was before. I mean, you can't just expect to get all the carries. And especially if you're losing, like there's just, I don't, I don't really understand the complaining if that's what he's doing. I mean, obviously he wants a big deal after the season, but um, you know, I, I mean, they just need to win. They need to start winning games again, because right now that division is falling away from them. They had a chance to pick up games on Kansas city the last two weeks and they weren't able to do it. And you know, now they're, they're on the outside looking in, in the air. Indeed. Uh, What about this matchup? This is an interesting one. It's the Battle of the Birds. Baltimore on the road to take on your 12s, the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks are home favorites on Bovada at three. I love this game. I think this is one of the games of the week. I hate both teams, but uh, (laughs) I I, I like this game and I, I think it's a good matchup. I'm interested to see if Lamar Jackson can continue the success that he's had this year. I mean, he's a, he's another guy. He's been a top fantasy quarterback, as has Russell Wilson. Uh, this is a fun game for me. I, I like the Seahawks at home. If they weren't at home, I'd prob- if, the, if the Ravens are the home team in this, I'd probably like them, and the line kind of suggests that. But, Anju, how do you see this one shaking out? Totally agree with you in every aspect. I'm, I'm 
curious to see if Hollywood Brown plays because it doesn't look like he's going to and that offense certainly did not look the same without him last week and the last few weeks really and and you know this was the issue with Hollywood going in the first round he's he's an injury case he's tiny and he's always hurt and when he's on the field he's a total difference maker but when he's not you know which he often isn't like it, it you have to completely change your game plan and especially for an offense like Baltimore's where there is just no one else to throw to I mean their number one receiver right now is probably Willie Sneed other than you know obviously like they've got Mark Andrews who should have a good game against Seattle um but you know they're it's it's terrible and Lamar Jackson's getting no help when Marquise Brown is out it's kind of like the Packers in that way and you know it's I mean, for that reason, I just I think Seattle at home and the way that Russell Wilson's playing, he seems like the MVP of the league so far. Um, you know, I, I just I don't know how you can pick against Seattle without Brown in that game. Yeah, and your boy having a big big year in the backfield there in Chris Carson. So Seattle seems to be seems to have found something in DK Metcalf. Uh, obviously, you know, losing Doug, no Will Doug Disley. Baldwin. Yeah, Will Disley. That's uh, the Achilles injury. He should be out for the year. Is that? Is that official yet? I know I know that they suspected that it was an Achilles, but I don't know if that was determined. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it is. And I think that you you were just talking about DK Metcalf. I think that makes Metcalf a super interesting player the rest of the way because of, you know, the fact that he basically is a tight end and body type, but he's obviously way faster. And that makes him a more intriguing target inside the red zone. So I would be looking at DK Metcalf as a wide receiver too the rest of the way. Yeah, Luke Wilson will definitely get some burn at the tight end position as well. After Obviously, everybody kind of knows him from what he was in hard knocks with the Raiders, but uh, he ends up on the Seahawks. So he should he should get a little bit more burn as well. Had some catches after Disley went down. Um, all right, let's get to the Bears. They're coming off of a bye week. The Saints just continue to win games. It's not pretty, but they're doing it uh, with Bridgewater. Uh, Drew Brees is, is getting closer to being back probably after their bye, but the Saints come in as... Three-point underdogs on the road here in Chicago taking on the Bears, who will get Trubisky back after he practiced in full here today on Wednesday. Yeah, and uh, I think we're looking at my doomed lock of the week right here. I love New Orleans. point total this week, too. New Orleans plus three is just insane to me. Are you going to tell me New Orleans is the same as the Bears right now, the way they're playing? It's absolutely absurd. Their defense has been awesome. I love, love the Saints coming into Chicago, even with the bye for the Bears. I, I know Trubisky's likely to play, but, man, I they don't have Akeem Hicks. They don't have, you know, Kyle Long is out for the season. Now I know that he hasn't been great for them, but that's a, you know, it's a loss for sure to their offensive line. I just, I think that this, I, I love the Saints coming in. I, I think that they're a better version of the Bears in almost every single way. So give me the Saints plus three. Yeah, and Trubisky coming back off of the injury and off of the bye, I mean, I think he's going to have fits with New Orleans defense who seems to be coming into their own a little bit. I agree with you. I like the saints in this one. I, you know, the bears obviously a great defense, but they're another tricky team to figure out. I think, I think we're going to start to see, I mean, this is kind of, we're, we're week seven. Now we're going to start to see what, what teams really are at this point. And I think mm-hmm. the bears, unfortunately for some of our friends who are big bears fans, I think they're frauds. I, I think Trubisky stinks. Uh, if Chase Daniel comes in. I think he stinks. Uh, I just I, I don't love anything the Bears are doing. David Montgomery's been okay, but he hasn't been what people expected out of him. And you know, you look at that Their receiving offensive court, line eh. is majorly taking a step back. Yeah, yeah. So the defense, if they can keep him in this game, I mean, this could be a very similar to game to the one we saw a week ago with the Saints, uh, who came out in a, in a close one. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is a good pick, and I I don't want to give it the kiss of death like I did with the Rams, but uh, we are on the same page when it comes to the Saints this week. So hopefully you get get right and get back in the win column and, and up to Appreciate four and three that. 
I'm rooting for you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I need it. Um, would yeah, you be I mean, bold look, enough to take the under with a 38? I kind of uh, like it. I kind of like it too. I mean, we've Chicago is freezing right now, man. It is not going to be easy to throw the ball here. Um, we don't know if Kamara is going to play, and if he does, it's not going to be probably a whole lot. Um, you know, it's 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 not ideal for either team in terms of moving the ball down the field. And these are two very good defenses the way that they're playing right now. So I, I lean towards the under, I think, you know, what we know about on totals is more than the actual temperature. It's the wind. And we know what the wind is like right now around Chicago, especially off the lake. So man, I I'm with you. I think that the under is a really good call here. All right. We've got two night games, Sunday night, Philadelphia and Dallas. Uh, you know, are they good? I don't know if either of these two teams are good right now. Dallas started the year playing a couple of, you know, terrible teams, really. Uh, and, and they've lost a couple tough ones. And the Eagles, same thing. They beat your Green Bay Packers, but they've had some tough losses as well. What do you make of this game? Dallas is the three-point home favorite here on Bovada. I, I, I like the matchup, but I, I just don't know what to make of either of these two teams. And it kind of goes back to the point we just made. We're going to start to see who teams really are, and this is a perfect game for that. I totally agree. And if it wasn't Larry Fitz, I would say Michael Gallup is a lock to have a monster game against this horrible, horrible Philadelphia secondary, the worst in football against receivers in fantasy. Um, But I do like the Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) I do like the Eagles here. I I mean, I just think that they are – they're just like – I I think that they're a good coaching staff and a good quarterback, and generally I'm going to take that team to win almost every time if they're underdogs, and that they are here plus three, and it doesn't look like Amari Cooper is likely to play. So, I mean, I, I feel like Gallup is going to – is really going to get a lot of targets and do really, really well here. I mean, the Eagles would be smart to just lock him down and let – you know, Devin Smith and my boy Randall Cobb try to beat them. But, you know, if that's not the case, and Randall Cobb's not a lot to play either, by the way, um, I just – I don't see Zeke getting going against this really good run defense. How's that for pandering? And, I, I mean, I think that – I think that the Eagles are going to – I think the Eagles are, are going to do enough defensively and then throw enough offensively. I, I think Dallas is in trouble here. Yeah, I mean, I think Dallas may be a fraud as well. And I think Philadelphia's offense has yet to really hit the stride that I know that they're capable of. I think Carson Wentz, you know, a lot of people were – he was like second, I think, as far as odds when we when we, yeah. before we started the season for MVP odds. He has not lived up what? to those standards. Zach Ertz hasn't been what Zach Ertz should be. He had a fumble a week ago. Um, and I think he'll hit a stride. Alshon Jeffrey had 10 catches last week. Um, they'll get Deshaun Jackson back. I think the Eagles – uh, you know, Miles Sanders is finally starting to get going. He's coming off of a big game. I think that the weapons that the Eagles have are really going to start to show uh, what they can do. And I, I think that this this could be that game that uh, they they prove that they're kind of the class of the NFC East. So I, I agree with you. I think I think Philadelphia comes into Dallas, and I think they get the win. I don't know. I mean, Dak. Everybody was talking about Dak after three weeks as an MVP candidate. I he still stinks, doesn't he? He's still no good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was I saying mean, that too. I don't I don't believe in it. I don't I don't. I, Yes, there's weapons there. Like, yes, uh, Mari Cooper had a huge, has had huge games this year, and you know when when Zeke plays well, you 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 have one of the highest powered offenses in the league. But Dak, when it comes when he plays a tough opponent, he looks like the Dak that we have all known him to be. I I just I don't know what to make of him. That's I totally agree with you, and I'll take it one step further. When they lose even one piece of their offense, whether it's Tyron Smith or Amari Cooper or Zeke or even Michael Gallup, any one of those guys goes down and it all falls apart like a house of cards to him. And look at their beginning of their season schedule. They had the Giants at home at Washington and Miami. 
we were crowning them after those three games. Like that's on us, you know, or on me at least, if I thought that they were any good. And then, you know, they get a couple injuries. They go to New Orleans. They only score 10 points on Sunday night. They get absolutely blasted by the Packers at home without Devontae Adams. And, you know, I just, I don't, I, then they go to the Jets and that whole thing happens with Sam Darnold coming off the ruptured spleen. So like, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I think that Dallas is trending towards not being good. I think that Dak is trending towards not getting the or should have taken the money that he was offered, allegedly. And uh, I'm I'm with you. I just don't think with all those without even one or two of those pieces, he falls apart. Yeah, it will, it, this is the one. I mean, this is the game. We, we, we talked a lot about the Niners and, you know, they've proved us mm-hmm. uh, wrong. I, I, the Dallas could very well prove me wrong here in this game. And, uh, you know, you mentioned how bad Philadelphia's secondary is. I could see this being a little bit of a shootout. I like the over at 49. I think both teams will too. score points. I think they're both going to air it out. Uh, but I think Carson Wentz is going to prove in this game that he's the better quarterback. And in that duel, I think he wins this game outright. So, I, I love it at three. I, I don't hate the money line on this game either, plus 125. Me either. I, great call on the 49. I totally buy into that. I The only hesitation I would have is can Dak score? Like, I mean, if we're going to say Dak, you know, isn't very good and we assume that Zeke is going to have some, at least some issues with this run defense of Philly, which is very, very good. I mean, it's going to put the ball in Dak's hands, and it's likely going to be without Amari Cooper. So to get to 49, they're going to need to throw a lot and score a lot of touchdowns. I'm just not sure they're capable of that. But in theory, I think that over 49 is a great bet. Yeah, that's a good point, though, if if Amari doesn't play. But I still like it. I still think they're going to air it out and throw the ball, uh, and they still have some people who can beat you. And you mentioned Gallup. Uh, obviously, Smith is another guy who who they, they, they've they hoped to get vertical, and I think eventually he will show that he can do that. So I think they still mm-hmm. score. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you're right. I, I It is still Dak, and you, you just don't know what you're going to get out of him week in and week out. So, But hey, if I could – if I'm – I, I don't know. I, I might parlay that that plus one twenty five on the money line, and uh, and just parlay that with the over on or over on this game. I, I kinda oh, like I like it. I like it. A little Sunday night action. Yeah. So I could just exactly. sit in front of the TV, losing money, and be upset. Um, but, <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> oh, I love it. So from an NFC East battle. Yeah, so from an NFC East battle to an AFC East battle, and the Patriots just always in prime time, always playing against somebody horrible. But it's the Jets, who we just talked about beating the Cowboys last week, aren't you? They're still 10-point underdogs at home on Bovada, but the Jets looked great. Uh, your boy Darnold looked really, really good, and if the Jets can get even even a little bit of more of that type of uh, action out of Darnold this year, they're, they're going to be a team that's better than anybody expected. But uh, with that Patriots defense, this could be a, a get-back-to-reality game for Darnold. Yeah, and I mean, I think this is going to be a great referendum on that Patriots defense because while they're in the top three against quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends in fantasy, I mean, look at who they've played. Like, let's go through it again. Oh, it's Pittsburgh. At Miami, all right, Pittsburgh was a good, that's good for them, but we know that Roethlisberger was hurt. At Miami, the Jets without Darnold, at Buffalo, at Washington, the Giants without every single one of their skill position players. And now they come to the Jets on Monday night, finally a little bit of a healthy team. This is a great, and then, you know, they have Cleveland and at Baltimore. These three weeks for the Patriots, are they going to be able to maintain that top three ranking across the board? I'm going to say no, and I love the Jets plus 10 here. I think that they are going to keep this somewhat interesting. I think that Darnold, you know, I I mean, I'm a little bit biased because I do have him in that league that we're talking about, but he looked very good in that game. That's just a fact. It surprised me. 
And I mean, they surprised me too. And I mean, I, I think that I just think the Patriots are are probably the best defense in football, but they're not like the 85 Bears, you know? I mean, we saw this Niners defense go and just knock out Sean McVay. I, we have not seen anything remotely like that for the Patriots, uh, unless you think that Roethlisberger was totally healthy that first game. And even that, I mean, it was at home. I just, I, I think that the Jets are going to keep it close in this game. And uh, I, I like them plus 10. I just don't, I think that's a silly line. I think the Patriots will be exposed. I just, I don't know if I'm buying in as much as you are that the Jets are going to be the team to do that. Mm-hmm. That's but, true. But I mean, it is, I mean, you have to at least acknowledge the fact that Darnold is coming off of a really good performance and maybe, at least I wasn't a believer in him. Maybe he's better than I thought he was. I mean, we haven't seen enough out of him to know, and this is a huge test for him, but I hope you're right because I, I'm so sick of watching the Patriots beat so up on sick, the trash right? dumpsters of the league. I mean, they've played, well, you just alluded to it, they've played no one, and I, I just, I want to see them in a competitive game, because we don't know, Brady hasn't looked great, I mean, you think back to that Buffalo game, he looked mm-hmm. horrible, he's definitely, I mean, he's 42, um, so, you know, you're going to have a, a regression at some point, and I, I just think when they see somebody that's even remotely, uh, you know, at, at, uh, to that to that level of, of competition, I, I just, I think that they're going to get exposed, I don't think they're as good as their record indicates, and, and as good as the defense is. Uh, statistics and optics have looked they're like they're like the number the Patriots defense is like a top 10 fantasy performer this year it's crazy yeah it's insane they're they've been the cheat code this year if you have the Patriots defense you've stolen at least two wins that you shouldn't have so kudos to you but you know it's it's I mean it's it it is you're right like I'm excited for these three weeks because I I do think the Jets are a little bit better than people give them credit for with when they're all healthy just like any other team I mean really any other team except for Miami and probably Washington, if everyone's healthy, they're probably at least possibly a team that can beat another team or make it interesting any given week. And I just, I think that this is, this is a chance for them. Now I don't know if the Jets defense can hold the Patriots down enough, but again, look at the Patriots skill position guys. In addition to Brady being hurt. I mean, I don't know that we're going to see Josh Gordon. We know that Edelman's banged up. Um, you know, they don't have a tight end. I just, I, I think that, you know, for a team that's relying on guys like Jacoby Myers, like, I, I mean, there's a chance for the Jets to at least keep this close. And I don't like that that line is double digits. I don't think that's that's what it should be. All right. Uh, you've convinced me. I kind of like the spread at this point, but I still think that uh, this, it could be a lower scoring game if that Jets defense can, can do even a, a somewhat close to what the Buffalo defense did to Tom Brady. I just... I don't think the offense – it sounds like Josh Gordon might not play this week. Uh, you know, Edelman's been banged up. Obviously, Dorsett's missed time. You know, they lose mm-hmm. Antonio Brown. They can't figure out the running back position. For a team that's undefeated and looks like they're just going to waltz their way into the Super Bowl, they've had a lot of issues this year, whether it's injuries or underperforming at certain positions. But that defense has made them look good against against some really bad opponents, like we keep saying. Yep. So exactly. we'll see. I mean, it, it, maybe the Jets are better than we thought, and maybe they'll keep this close to your point, aren't you? I hope you're right. Um, but, uh, that, that's week seven, that's week seven. We've made it through. I'm looking forward to seeing you continue your streak of just crushing it with the shoe. Losing the locks. <laughs> uh, no, your, your lock of the week, I think, I think has a good chance this week too, but, uh, we wanted to just, I, I wanted to hear your kind of reaction. The nationals uh, are going to the world series, which aren't you? I, I, I don't think, I don't think I expected it. I know you've kind of been higher on this team. Than, than a lot of people for the last few years, and they finally get over the hump. And Howie Kendrick is the NLCS MVP, which is just crazy. I think he's the oldest one to do it, and I don't remember the exact amount of time, but a very, very long time. Yeah, I mean, look, remember where they were in that playoff, one-game playoff against the Brewers. It seems like a year ago. 
they were about to be knocked out of this playoffs. It took an absolute miracle comeback there down the stretch. Maybe not a miracle, but, you know, an incredible gutty comeback to knock out the Brewers and Josh Hader. Remember that. And then, you know, and then to do what they did against the Cardinals without home field advantage and, you know, to just sweep them away and dominate them in every single way. And look, there, this is this is exactly when we talked about the possibility of them winning the pennant. It was this way. It was you know, and I thought it would be more with last year. I was all aboard the last few years with Harper, but without Harper, with Anthony Rendon leading the way and with Juan Soto essentially playing the role of what Harper was supposed to be, you got Scherzer, you roll Strasburg, you roll Corbin. And when you can throw those three guys in four games of a playoff, I mean, I, I just like it's hard to to beat them in an age where we have very few opportunities for pitchers to go more than once through the order. These are old school, big time pitchers that are going to throw seven, eight innings. And, you know, they deserve this. They are absolutely the best team in the National League at this moment. And I'm fascinated to see how they perform against either the Yankees or the Astros. I like it. Astros up two to one on the Yankees. They will play game four on Thursday, which is when this show mm-hmm. should be coming out. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we see Astros Nats. I would like that. Uh, the Yankees, I'd be OK with them uh, just just. Kind of, kind of calling it here in, in this uh, LCS, but uh, it'll be an interesting series regardless of, of who ends up pl- playing the Nationals, and you mentioned it, that one, two, three punch from the pitching standpoint, uh, that's a tough one to beat, especially with the way Scherzer and Strasburg have been pitching lately. I mean, they've just been great, uh, so I- I'm excited. I'm excited to see if they can pull it off. I know my sister and and my brother-in-law, big uh, big Nats fans, they were at that, uh, that game clinching, that uh, World Series clinching game, so... Uh, oh wow! Exciting stuff for them. Uh, so we'll see if they can do it. Uh, but we That's wanted awesome. to real quick, lastly, just kind of look at toward the NBA season, which gets underway next week. I know we have a big fantasy basketball draft tomorrow, and I'm sure a lot of you will be drafting as well. Um, so, but we wanted to talk about the lines looking forward to this year because we talked about all the movement in the off season and how many superstars on the move. Uh, so we just want to give our thoughts on what we think going forward. The Clippers, the Clippers have moved to plus three thirty three on Bovada, and I think that's largely in part to Paul George's injury. He's going to miss about ten games to start the year. So the Lakers have moved in as the favorite to win the NBA championship. They're plus three hundred, and then onto wow. your Bucks, your team in the North at plus six hundred. I'd like to hear if you think it's going to be one of those three teams. Which one? And if not, is there a dark horse that you could see uh, maybe on the outside there? I'm stunned that the Clippers aren't the favorites. I mean, I know that Paul George is often hurt. I know that, you know, Kawhi's often hurt. I just, I love the way that they built their team. It's not just about the stars. It's the way that they all piece together. And I'm, I'll defer to you a little bit on this because you're certainly the basketball expert, especially when it comes to chemistry on the court. But like, I just, I love this Clippers team as far as like what they look like and how they feel. I mean, I'd like for them to have a little bit more shooting, I think, but you know, you expect that when, you know, it comes to be around waiver time, there are going to be veterans out there for them to poach and, you know, they'll find a way to get the shooters they need to be competitive. But I like the way they fit together much, much better than the Lakers. And so I think the Clippers should be the runaway favorites here. I'd put them at around plus 250. Yeah, I agree with you. I do love the way that they've constructed this roster. I mean, you know how I feel about Lou Williams. To have him coming off the bench on a team where you have Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George when he's healthy, you know, Montrell Harrell, whether he comes off the bench or ends up starting. You've got Zubach, who they get from uh, the Lakers. There's there's Landry Shamet, who I know you're a fan of, aren't you? Huge fan. Um, 
you know, this, this, this team, they're just, they're very well constructed and they, they obviously have two rookies who I was high on, uh, coming into the draft from, from Florida state, uh, that probably won't see a lot of playing time early, but they could end up kind of working their way into a role player type of, uh, situation like Shemet did. Uh, I, I just, I, I think, I think this team is very well constructed for a deep run if they can stay healthy. And obviously that's the key when you talk about NBA is, is you just never know what's going to happen as far as injuries. We saw it with Golden State last year and, you know, it, we've seen it with the Cavs in the past as well. So, but if they can stay healthy, this roster, the way that it's constructed, I just, I don't know how a team could possibly beat them in a seven game series. It's essentially a better version of the Raptors last year. Uh, Much better. Significantly better, yeah. I mean, you're adding maybe a top 10 player in Paul George. So I think they should be the favorite, but I definitely, you know, I think that injury factored into it. And I just, the Lakers, they're top heavy to me. I I mean, I I think Mm -hmm. that's obvious, but obviously Anthony Davis is, it couldn't be a better basketball fit to to go alongside LeBron James. But where is the depth with the Lakers? And, And not to mention, those are both guys that have faced injuries of their own. And LeBron missed, what, 30, 40 games last year. So it's going to be interesting to see if they have some of these role players that can step up because I'm not a believer in Rajon Rondo. Uh, they do add Quinn Cook from Golden State. But, again, I'm not a believer Avery Bradley. These are guys that, you know, they've been role players throughout their career. So if Kyle Kuzma is your third player, Dwight Howard's not who he once was. You know, I just I don't love this Lakers team top to bottom. No, the only guy, and it's Danny one you didn't Green. mention, is Danny Green. I mean, I love Danny Green, and I get, I know why you didn't mention him, because that flies in the face of the rest of it. But, I mean, I'm with you. I, I don't, I I think that they're missing a ball handler for sure. And, I mean, I, I, I don't know who they add to make it work. I think that the, kind of the elephant in the room is where Andre Iguodala ultimately ends up, and it's likely going to be one of these two teams, I think. And, you know, assuming that happens that could tilt the power one way or the other. But again, it doesn't solve what I think is a major issue for the the Lakers. And that's, again, like you said, if, if LeBron does miss, let's call it 15 games and, you know, and then maybe isn't fully healthy in the playoffs, like who takes the ball in any moment where LeBron's not in, if it's Rondo, you are totally aft. Like you're, I don't like that at all for the Lakers. And I, I don't honestly I would put the Bucks ahead of them. I think that the Bucks are a better team than the Lakers top to bottom and I know that they don't have the LeBron Anthony Davis combo but like I I just think that they're much better constructed and they play more similarly to a team like the Raptors uh last year and so I I would put the Lakers at 3 and you know and leave it at that. I think those three teams are clearly the class of the NBA this year. Fair enough. I'm going to save zero bias for next week's show because we'll be just getting the season underway when we record a week from now and our Bulls and Cavs, uh, you know, obviously in rebuild. So we'll, we'll get to that next week. I know it's been a long show, but we wanted to touch on baseball. We wanted to touch on NBA since it's on the horizon. Anything you wanted to add on to you before we let our listeners get to their week seven and, and some more fantasy football action and potentially the beginning of their fantasy basketball seasons as well. I mean, this is, you said it right there, man. This is the best time of the year. Mid-October, everything's getting going, and uh, just super pumped for it all to get going. Likewise, for Anshu Kana, I am Josh Dunn. This has been the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour, where our time has come to an end, but we will see you guys next week. Ah!